Today's show is brought to you by Organifi, the best tasting green blend on the market. They're cold processed, guys, to retain all of the nutrients. And if you're looking to fill all the nutritional gaps and buffer out that new stress that your body has to deal with on a daily basis, check out Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the promo code SUCCESS to save 20% on your order. And now to today's show. I wake up every single day. I am who I say I am. And I get what I get because I live in beast mode. Stop being gazelle. You're not average. You're not even good. You were born to be great. What's going on, world? Welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host, CJ. Joined as always by the Bayesian sensation, Mr. Carl Wesley Phillips. What's happening? Dr. Douglas Thomas. Where in the world is he? We don't know, but I believe he's on the line. What it do? What it do? What it do? And uh, man, we have a, a I can't mm. call him a guest, but he hasn't been on in a while, man. He's been <laughs> on the grind and uh, working too, too hard to join us. But we got uh, my man Josh Hatch on the line. Of course, he's joining us again to give us that business expertise. What's going on, Josh? What's going on, everybody? Thanks for having me back. You know it, you know it. So, man, we had a bunch of questions for Josh that were kind of in the queue for a while since the last time Josh has been on. Um, and so I told him, man, we got a bunch of questions in the queue for you. We want to talk business. We want to talk entrepreneurship, getting to that next level on the podcast. So come on and join us. So I appreciate you joining us last minute. I want to apologize, and I'm going to start off with, am I tripping or, and I want to apologize for being late to the podcast. And I don't know if y'all ever had a, a situation where you get into like a little petty silent fight with your wife, but I just got into like the most petty day long fight that you've ever seen in your life. All right. So I'm I, now I may be wrong. You could say I'm tripping, but this is what happened. Okay. So a couple weeks ago, I'm not going to lie. She asked me to put gas in her car. I told her I got it. I didn't do it. So she got up in the morning. She was running late for work. Of course, she got in the car. No gas, okay? I get it. I take the L for that. That's my bad. I should have went and got gas. I apologize. Since then, I have not failed her on the gas, right? But yesterday, probably about 2.30, um, I get a Google Calendar invite to put gas in my wife's car. <laughs> now, I'm not sure if it was just my pettiness kicking in, but I was like, hold up. Did she just send me a calendar invite for tonight at 6 p.m. to put gas in her car? So I was like this. I'm not clicking yes, like flat out. I refuse to click yes and put a gas run on my calendar. So, but let me tell you how much of a punk I am. Because as soon as I (laughs) didn't click anything, I went to my phone and was like, hey, Siri, uh, can you remind me to put gas in the car at 6 o'clock? Right? So she comes home. The calendar invite comes on, and I mean, the the, uh, the Siri pops in. She's like, yo, you got to go put gas in the car. So I'm sitting there. I get the busy running around with Trey. Of course, I forget to put gas in the car. Now, Holy Ghost was looking out for me because I wake up this morning, and she's got early meetings, so she's going to work from home. So I'm like, bet, right? So nobody said anything about the gas to this point. So I get up in the morning, take the kids to school, go to the gym. I come back, I'm still, like, I pull up in the driveway, forgot all about the gas until I looked at the car. So she looks at me and goes, I'm about to leave in a minute. Did you put gas in the car? And I just looked at her and I walked back out the door. And she was like, where are you going? I said, I'm going to get batteries for the podcast. 
And she was like, oh, okay. So I, I was hoping she didn't notice. I put the garage down and took her car, hoping she didn't notice. <laughs> and then she can't. So then I go put gas in her car, of course. Come back, park, jump out, come in the house. She was like, oh, okay. You, uh, you, you, you got batteries? I was like, yeah. She was like, why'd you take my car? And I just looked at her and was like, I got to go do the podcast. I just came to the basement and uh, jumped on the line with y'all. So am I sure? I, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't feel good about the uh-huh. Google Calendar invite for gas. I don't know if that's just me tripping or if I should have just let it ride. But I'm saying, why in the world do I have to get a Google Calendar invite because I messed up one time? I don't know. Carl, please. Hey, was, it a, was it a repeating? Was it a repeating like weekly calendar or was it just the one I don't, time? Bruh, I couldn't. I was so devastated by the fact that she even tried to send me a calendar <laughs> invite. All I, let me, hold on. Let me check it right now while you're playing. Yeah, all I see, yeah, is a calendar invite from my wife that says, nope, it's weekly. Yeah. Uh, said the, the, here's why I didn't click it because you know it's you can tell when it's a Google Calendar invite. It just says need gas tonight at Tuesday, October 17th, 7 to 8 p.m. I'm like, un- and the organizers, Candace Quinney, recipient Carlos Quinney. I'm like, this is unbelievable. I'm like, can I live? So man, I got blessed because you. Oh, I would have been. I'm talking about if she would have been running today and and had to get up out of here Roughly. early. Oh, I would have just had to oh, throw myself on the week. fire so fast. Oh, it would have been <laughs> ugly. But I just refused to click the, oh. the yes button. I, I don't know why. Like, I just turned around and told Siri, so I'm really a punk because I did it anyway because I know I need the help. But I, something about it, I just, I was being petty. I just couldn't click yes on the invite. So I don't know if y'all ever had a silent fight with your I, wife that lasted. I was going to say, I'll give you a quick one. See, I had one yesterday. Quick, real quick. This one, I'm going to tell you equally dumb. So I'm washing the dishes. My wife, she, she referenced uh, uh, maybe two, three weeks ago that, dude, like, it's a lot going on in the house. I need a little more support. I'm like, bet. I got it. So I'm trying to, like, last thing at night, make sure I tidy up, wash dishes, whatever. I'm doing a little bit of laundry, putting them away. So this is yesterday morning. I'm washing the dishes, and she comes downstairs. And I usually try to do it earlier before she comes down, but she comes downstairs. And I'm about done. And she leans over and says to me, you're not going to wash the sponge out. You know, I leave a smell in there. Mm. And, dude, I, I ain't going to lie. Mm. Like like you said, like, it's a calendar invite. It ain't that mm. deep. But like, it just hurts. It just, it hurts. It just hit me. It just hurt. It just hurt. It, it, it hurts, girl. Like, I'm with you. It hurts. answer you right it now. Hurts. It, it just hurts. It hurts bad. It cuts so deep. Yeah. And, 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 and the devil on your shoulder wants to, well, why don't you do it? <laughs> if you want to, but you <laughs> right. can't go there. You know what I'm saying? So it was exactly what you said. I just I did not answer. I just walked away and I was like, you know what? I ain't going to say nothing to this one. Let it blow over. And it took a minute. It took a, maybe an hour or two to blow over. But yeah, no, just little things. Like I said, I don't know if it's the male nature or what it is, but just it, like you said, see, it just felt. Ooh. Carl, I think Carl's yeah. was worse, though. Carl's was worse because <laughs> oh, it was man. like the, the way she <laughs> leaned into him. Because I thought you were going to say she just like leaned into you. It was like, hey. I just want to say thank you so much for being such an amazing husband right, and right. picking up the slack where I left off. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? I thought it was something romantic coming, and she leaned in and was like, hey, that sponge is mad dirty. Start over. <laughs> <laughs> so, C- say, oh. C- CJ, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with Didi on this one, and here's why. Let's start this podcast over, y'all. Here's Let's why, start because over. the worst thing for me is when Heather actually doesn't say anything. So, mm. example, 
the night before garbage night, she says, take the garbage out. I said, no problem. I'm sitting in my office the next day, and I hear those tires, those wheels start to turn oh. on the pavement. Oh, and that's I, the I worst. I would have rather had a calendar invite. My, said, my, oh, my. No. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Hey, you know me. I'd have been like, oh, so you can take out the trash. Yeah. Yeah. If you would have popped in that car, that's the go, get, in. Yeah, if you you popped in, go get that gas, and that gas tank was full, I think you oh, would have uh, oh, tensed up. I think you would have tensed up. Yeah. No, I, that now that's the I agree with you though. When you heard the, that that garbage thing rolling, oh, you try to run out. You know what I'm saying? Try to run out, take over halfway. Yeah, I got this. I'm about I got to this. do it. Oh, yeah, I got this. <laughs> yeah, the, the garbage man is like two uh, two houses down. She like, oh, okay, when? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't even front garbage man right there. I'm about to do it. I told you, give me a second. Josh, when when you said it, Josh, I got that uh, that that stomach that feeling in my stomach when I would go to class. And the teacher be like, all right, take out your paper pen for the exam. And I'm like, the exam? Oh. Like, yo, I forgot. Oh, or turning your homework. Oh, bruh. I'm talking about that research paper. Turn that joint in. And I forgot, Josh, and I got that Uh, same. I'm talking about you feeling from the tingle of your toes to the top of your head. You start getting hot. You get a little fever. You're like, what was due? Meanwhile, y'all know I went to college with Didi. So meanwhile, Didi has opened up her book bag and pulled her paper out. And turn her oh, for in. sure. And but so, she didn't give you the heads up that it was due? No, nah, that's why, though, because when they give you the heads up, Diddy, like, I give you a heads up, and then you respond the way y'all were talking about earlier. So she like, you make it hard for me to respond. Yeah, yeah. Right. I can't get a Google Calendar invite on the important stuff, huh? Just gas in the car. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm about to fail out of No wonder it took E12 years to get a four-year degree. D got out of there in three and a half. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> D, you were showing no tutoring love. Unbelievable. Yeah, hey, we putting the pieces together. He hated and then D turned around and hated on his academic career. It's all it's all fair and love and war, I guess. Um, all right, let's get serious. That was fun. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let y'all know how the Google Calendar invites come through. If I get another one on my phone, though, uh, we're going to have some issues. So, uh, Oh, by the way, the fans are out of the house. Thank you for... Your concern. We have no more uh, industrial fans and dehumidifiers in the house. Apparently, the walls have dried, and now it's time to start the demolition process. They're gonna tear down the whole house and rebuild it. Apparently, um, yeah. I don't. I, the insurance people. I don't like how they try to lowball. I'm looking like, hold on, this is a little bit more expensive than you said, but uh, we shall see. Um, but yeah, so, all right, let's jump into what we came to talk about today. Josh, we got a lot of, a lot of questions, uh, from people, man, of course, you being the, uh, kind of the, the, the business guru, uh, of the team. I wanted to make sure we got you in here. And of course this is open to everybody. Um, but a lot of people, you know, have been hitting us up talking about entrepreneurship, you know, they want to make a switch. They want to leave their nine to five, or maybe some of them don't even want to leave their nine to five. Just kind of want to start out, um, you know, on a different, you know, business path on the side, whether that be, you know, we, we had some people, you know, who sell art, some people who, um, you know, j- just have a side hobby or hustle. And one of the first questions was, and I, this is to everybody, um, one of the first questions that came in that I was like, huh, and I know you've, you've done so many different things, and, and Carl and E, you guys can jump in on this too. Somebody asked, can I be a successful entrepreneur if I'm not passionate about what I'm doing? And I was like, huh, I'm not really sure. Like, I mean, I know in our case, we are passionate about what we're doing, but can you, do you guys think you can be a successful entrepreneur, a successful businessman or woman if you're not 
passionate about the field that you're in? Yeah, I mean, see, so the answer for me is, the answer is yes. Can you, can you do that for your entire life? Uh, probably not. You know, but can, can you start a business and do it for a while if it's not a passion? Uh, yes, and you may find out that part of that business is your passion as you get going. You know, there's mm-hmm. parts of it that you there's there's parts of it that you that, that you will like, and there's parts of it that you um, won't like. But but a business is like um, it, it's a it's um, it's a being. It's it's ever evolving. It's not a standalone thing. And so to get you know it's so important in business just to get going, and then to figure out what you like and don't like. But you know I have people, and I think the other part of it is um, you need to match you need to match. Um, your your um, financial goals and your dreams with with what you want to do you know if you want to um, I have friends that that make thirty five thousand dollars a year and and they're as happy as can be and I believe that's winning I mean that's ultimately winning mm-hmm. but you can't mm-hmm. you can't I can't go and sell uh, uh, plastic sacks garbage bags door to door and hope to make a million dollars in my first year of business I don't have the right vehicle for that but mm-hmm. if 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 I get going and I'm, I'm not passionate about those bags and it leads to bigger and better things and something becomes passionate in the process, um, you know, that may become, that may become, become something I do long term. But there's tons of entrepreneurs that start businesses for five, 10 years. Um, you know, with the ETA, obviously, it's a life's work. So, you know, my answer is yes, you absolutely can get going without it being, without having to be passionate about the entire process. But there's parts of it that you do have to be passionate about. Yeah, no, and I think there's so many, you're you're right, there's so many different components to starting a business, you know what I mean? Like, hopefully you're passionate about one of the elements because as you're talking, I'm thinking like, yo, you're right, there's things that I'm like, you know, super passionate about as it relates to, you know, everyday operations and things you got to do, and then there's some things that I don't particularly love that we have to do, it has to get done and somebody has to do it, but it's not necessarily, you know, something you're passionate about, so hopefully in that, you know, space you can kind of find something that you're excited about um, in that. Um, Another question, Josh, Malcolm in DC um, just said, hey, Josh, I'm struggling getting my sales team to be consistent. One week they crush it, the next week they fall off the face of the earth. How do I keep them operating at a high level? Yeah, the answer is find more salespeople. Not new salespeople, find more salespeople. So salespeople uh, uh, in most industries are going to be driven by what what their own, they take sales because there's usually some level of autonomy. So, so many times salespeople are gonna have different financial goals for what they wanna achieve. Some wanna make a million dollars a year, some are happy having more flexibility and making 30, 40, $50,000 a year. But you, you can't continue to, um, you know, I call it the heavy lifting, right? Salespeople are the heavy lifting, they're bringing the revenues. You can't continue to ride the heavy lifters and just ask them to do more. You need to add more people to the team and, um, and just know that there's a sell cycle and sometimes guys will get tired for a minute and you need to have enough people on the team in a sales organization to pick up the slack while maybe your lead horse is tired. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and then, so it, just give us an example though, Josh, for us um, on, the, on the solar side, for those of you who don't know, um, Josh, when he came on and was with us for a while, was like, hey, I think we got a chance here to go back into this space. And so from the ground up, um, we kind of built out the solar company, Harbor Solar, which is going extremely well. And we've been able to do really well over the course of what, Josh, six months with, I don't know, 12, 13 employees, um, sales, you know, a sales team. So 
Can you talk about, you know, trying to find and recruit the right people as opposed to just like come one, come all? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and, and this answer actually comes with time. Um, very similar to how um, both you and Carl teamed up with, um, with E. You know, when you get started in, in a company, usually people are hiring their best friends or some acquaintances that get referred to them because they don't have a giant talent pool. But if you stay in an industry long enough, you get to start to pick your own talent. And we have, we have um, I would argue that we have um, two one percenters in the industry um, on our sales team that are leading the way that do a great job. And they set, they set the pace. But what we have really is a team that, that knows exactly what they want to accomplish. They're, they're self-motivated and they've gotten out and they, they give a great customer experience. But seven years ago, see, I stood no chance of working with these guys when I started my first sales-based company. No chance. I had to be in the game long enough and have a track record um, to have the right to be able to recruit sales talent like this. And so when, when you have these guys, now you have this small team where, where culturally your dialogue is the same. So you, you are speaking the same language. Um, and really what's important is we just find out what's important to them. So when we sit down and we talk about working with Harbor, we say, what are your goals? And if we can help them achieve those goals, then, then they're a great fit. If we can't, then we have to be mature enough and have enough character to know that we can't help that person get to where they want to be or they're not the right fit and let them walk. And in sales, that's not always easy because people can see dollar signs attached to salespeople. Right, right. No, I get it 100%. And I think that's been one of the keys. And I mean, can you talk about like some of those recruiting strategies? Because everybody, you know, when, when you're kind of like a free agent, right, you look at you know, how people are able to recruit. It's no different than a, a college basketball team or whatever. You know, you're trying to get the highest level recruits and everybody wants to get the highest level recruits. And there's people out there right now, Josh, who are starting a company, who are entrepreneurs. And like you said, they hired their friend who wasn't necessarily the best hire. And now you got to go out and try to find high level talent. And even E, you can, you know, maybe speak to this as well, just in terms of you know, your work ethic and, you know, how you were able to attract, maybe not even so much as recruit E for you, but just attract high level talent. Um, what are the keys to making sure that you can, you know, sell them on that right fit and then keep them in the fold once you get them in the fold? Yeah, well, I'll let Josh yeah, I mean, I'll let, I'll let E answer this first because I'm here because E did this. And I'm on right, the team right. because E did this. And, and yeah, that, and exactly. E, what, what, talk to us. Well, I was going to ask Josh to start. You know what I'm saying, Josh? <laughs> I was gonna ask you to get started. Um, but but I, I guess I would say, Josh, um, you know, winners or winning, Josh, in my opinion, attracts winners. And I think a lot of times yeah. pe people want to start with being on a winning team as opposed to being a winner first. You know, and CJ talks about it a lot. A lot of people want to run companies but perhaps you may need to join a company. You know, so for me, I've always been a part of a company. I've never, you know, I, I didn't initially start companies. I was a member of Bell Tower Ministry. I was a member of Madison Mission Church. You know, so I always knew that it is important as, a, as one looking to be recruited because that's what I was prior to you know, the success that we're having right now. I knew that I had to be a winner and not necessarily a, a, a triple double threat initially, 
but I had to have an area that I was dominant in. And so for me, guys, I think that's the key. Now, now look, I want you guys to hear this because this is important. No company is looking for a person who is a master in all things. But I think where a lot of people make a mistake, and especially when people look at me, you know, there are people who look at me like, yo, E, you don't really, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't necessarily have 50 things that you do well, right? But what I try to explain to people is if you have a guy or a young lady who is good at three things, the challenge they're going to have with competing against me is that I am excellent at one thing, right? So I'm not necessarily good at four or five things. You heard CJ say, you know, E will lose this or E will forget to do this or E, he didn't do this. But I'm going to tell you all something. When I get on that mic, when I get on that mic, that's the one thing I do that I do it so well that if you if you good at what you do, you'll never catch me. You could be good at three or four things, but there's one thing I do on this earth that when I do it, I do it like nobody else. And so for me, I've understood that if you want to be attractive, you have to have one thing that you do so well, Dennis Rodman. One thing, Dennis Rodman, I think there was one game, and, and I could be mistaken, but I think there was one game he had over 20 rebounds and absolutely no points. Absolutely no points, right? My man didn't have, he didn't have five points, but he had over 20-some rebounds, which is unbelievable. And what, are those, what, are, what does 20 rebounds mean? It means an extra, extra five or seven shots for Michael Jordan, which is deadly. Like, it's deadly. You didn't just get Michael Jordan. Throughout the course of that year, you've given Michael Jordan second options that he didn't even have to work for. So he didn't have to exert energy to get the rebound and try to go back up. So I, I, I believe that being attractive, being a winner in an area, just one area that you do exceptionally well will put you in a position where you'll be recruited. And then somebody like me, I was recruited by a couple people. I started my own thing and I started um, attracting high level gifted individuals because they too want to win a championship, right? And so I looked at Golden State last year. It was like, yo, it's a wrap, bro. It's a wrap. Like, they about to win five, six in a row. And then because LeBron is LeBron, all of a sudden, we see over the summer, because Bron is the so sweet and, and probably the best player right now in the league. And who knows what he's going to be, be able to accomplish before he retires. Now D-Wade want to play for him. Now, now Rose want to play for him. Crowder want to play for him. You know what I'm saying? And we're not finished yet. The season's just starting. So there are other people who want to be on Cleveland's team so they can have a chance to beat Golden State. So for me, Josh, I think it starts with you being the best version of you you could be in locking down one particular area and proving to other individuals that if I rock with E.T., if I rock with C.J., if I rock with Carl, if I rock with Josh, we're going to be winners. And the one problem I don't have anymore that I may have had maybe 15 years ago is I don't have a problem with companies. I don't have a problem with individuals, you know, not only wanting to play for us, but seeking us out and being willing to do it for free for a time frame until they can produce, you know, income. So, yeah, that's it, see. I think you just need to be a winner yourself and prove you can win and people are going to want to rock with you. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and, and I'll just piggyback off that. I think the other thing 
um, by being a winner is when you when you are so, so this is on recruiting right you're trying to get people to join your organization your business and you're new and you're getting going what can you do for those people really you have to you have to like you say see you have to be able to self-assess and say do I really provide something for these people or do I want them to join my organization because it just benefits me and and, and most people, the answer is, if they really think about it, is I want them to join my organization because it benefits my bottom line. That's another reason why they want you to work with them. But what can you do, what can you do um, for them that's different? So when we're talking, let's say, Harbor Solar, these guys are anywhere from maybe five to ten years younger than me. So I have five to ten more years of experience that I can teach them along the way and bring them up faster than someone brought me along. So I can teach them things that someone didn't teach me. So that's a benefit on top of that they're gonna make a great living. Um, I can introduce them to my circle, which I believe my circle and my network is stronger. You know, we had the conference in DC and, um, and, and the guys were able to do a private session with you and with E, and that's something that, that they couldn't pay for. You can't pay for that kind of exposure. You know, Heather, Heather we actually were doing lunch yesterday, my wife. And she asked me, she said, so what, what is it that you love about, um, about Harbor? And then she said, and what is it that you love about ETA? And I said, well, well, actually, the thing that I love most about ETA with all the cool stuff we're doing, I love the people that I work with and the examples that my kids get to watch. That's something, that's something that joining the organization, um, that's something that you can't put money on. The fact that they get to have um, ET in their corner in life and CJ in their corner in life and Carl in their corner in life and all the other people at ETA. And you know what? That's not common. That's just not common. And so that's something that money can't provide. And so people really want to join organizations when there is money because there's Maslow's need. You need food, shelter, um, water, money. You, you need all that stuff, right? You need all that to get by. But on top of that, real thriving organizations, um, people join because they want to be part of something or part of someone that, that's, that's maybe a level or two ahead of themselves and give them something. That hey, that real quick, Josh, let me, get, let me just ask Josh this real, real quick, Josh. It was probably about a year ago and we were talking along this same line, you and I, you said something to me. I just want you to expound on it. You kind of touched it there, but you said to me that you've hired people and realized that they were not a right fit for you but you took it another step and helped them find the right opportunity for them. Yeah. So just going back to the point of what you were talking about in terms of, man, like we hire people to, to benefit our bottom line, but you've taken it upon yourself now as, you know, as a, as a CEO, as an owner of a company to not just look out for the company, but really take it upon yourself to look out for the people, even if it's not beneficial to you. So I kind of want you to go into that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you know, life, life changes and people change and circumstances change and, and people may start with me and they may end up having having a couple kids along the run that we work together, they may need to move back to their home state to be closer to family. They may have some medical, they, they may just change their interests. And, um, and I think when you work with people, if you truly care about them, you not only have a right to have them work for your company, but you have, you have the right, if it's not the right fit anymore, to help them get onto the next career opportunity. You, you know, and, yeah, and no, not drag 100%. them and not drag them along to where they can't win. Some people are in a field where they can't win. You put them in a position, they can't win. And that's actually on you, not them. You know, I agree. I want to know, I guess as we're talking, I want to know like from my uh, budding entrepreneurs, and I'm trying to make this as, as relevant as I can because we got a ton of entrepreneurs who listen to this podcast, Josh, and they send in questions from all over. What do you, okay, so, okay, we'd all like to be able to recruit 
um, high-level talent, right? And so that'd be great. Obviously, you have a name in the solar industry. You've built up, you know, a, a company, you know, from nothing to, you know, tons of money. So you have this cachet that you bring, right? And so what do you say to an entrepreneur who maybe doesn't have that same cachet and can't go get, you know, some of the guys that we were able to recruit on the harbor, they can't do that. Like they, they don't have enough, you know, enough skin in the game or whatever. What do you look for when you're bringing in people who maybe are, you know, young, who are fresh, who maybe have a skill set? They don't necessarily know how to do that first. But you see what I'm saying? Like, how do you find that those hidden gems as opposed to, you know, there's there's a couple guys who we recruited who we knew were going to come put up numbers. Right. There's a difference between. All right. I'm about to go get Kevin Durant and LeBron James. And I'm about to go get the guy who got picked in the third round who's going to be a star forever. You know what I mean? Like, how do you find those hidden gems? What qualities do you look for in a potential employee? Or do you, or should you just be looking for built-in superstars? No, you can't. No, no that's, a great, that's a great question. You can't look for built-in superstars because they won't come work with you. If E was a terrible speaker, no one would come and learn how to speak from E. I mean, you just can't. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't work. But a good example um, is Travis on our harbor side. So four years ago, he was that diamond in the rough. He was making $30,000 a year selling insurance. Uh, this year, he's going to make over $300,000. Um, and, and what we saw was the intangibles. The insurance I could look at and say, okay, he's working that hard. And if he just works that hard doing this, we can pick up the rest. And, and, and so I'm looking for work ethic. I'm looking for, uh, and he talks about it all the time. I'm looking for character. I'm actually looking for connection. Do I actually like this person? Because... Because once you recruit a superstar, they're pretty self-sufficient. But when you're really starting and you're bringing someone into the business, you're going to spend a lot of time with that person, a lot, a lot of time with that person. And you need to make sure that, that you like to spend time and you like to bring them along. But see, our secret sauce, that, the, that, to, to answer your question, Kevin was a diamond in the rough five years ago. Travis was a diamond in the rough four years ago. These are all guys that we have we have brought along. So we didn't get to recruit them. Now, now they had proved themselves at the last venture. And so they became superstars at this one from the get-go. But before that, they were all diamonds in the rough. And so we brought them in and we just worked hard. But I spent a ton of face time with them. I look for people that will work really hard. Um, I look for people that we don't need to babysit. So we don't have to pick up the phone and say, hey, are we working? What are we doing? I look for people that, that speak life into people and build up the team and build up the organization. Um, I look for people that are willing to go the extra mile without having to be asked to go the extra mile. Um, I look for people that treat my family well. You know, if you meet my family and you do, and, and you, quickest way to my heart is to be kind to my family. If, 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 if we sit down and, and, and you have zero interest in spending time together, then, then in my business, we don't have any interest in being around each other long term because the money's not mm. that important. It's just not, you can make money anywhere. Um, and so, and you can pick up, you can do sales anywhere. You know, we have Josh from Colorado on this podcast. One of my sales reps could go be a killer for him in the car dealership. There's no question. And one of his guys could come and be a killer for us on the solar side. There's great salespeople everywhere, but, but finding ones that want to stay somewhere, that can stay focused and work hard. You want to find diamonds in the rough and that's all intangibles. That's hundred percent intangibles. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest thing, especially for sales, right? Is because the turnover is usually super high, right? You train, spend all this time training people up and getting them on board and then boom, they're gone, 
you know, on to the next opportunity because a lot of times if I'm just selling, like you said, I can sell anything. So the next guy that calls me and says, hey, I can offer you this, I can offer you this. And so it's important, like you said, to build that environment where you actually want to stay, where you actually want to be a part as opposed to you're just opportunity hopping, 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 hopping to the next, you know, place that's going to pay you an extra $5 an hour because it really doesn't matter um, to you, right? And so, no, I get it um, a, a thousand percent. I, really quick, because I want to go into the work we're doing in the schools and E, you talk about being an entrepreneur and even shifting focuses um, from, not, not necessarily shifting focus because we're still doing the other thing, but talk, I want to talk about the schools and the work we're doing in the schools as well, because that's a part of you know, our business and our, our you know, um, passion, if you will. But Josh, I want to know from you and, and to the people out there listening, I think one of the things that I'm always fascinated about with Josh is his ability to like see like ahead of what's going to go on. Like I'm, I, I just come from blue collar where, you know, you go and you get a job, you know, you make it happen for 30 years and it's over. Um, you've been able to see different business opportunities in different, you know, markets. And, and most of the people who've been following on the podcast for a while know that, you know, you obviously you know, um, you built up the, uh, a company in the security systems industry and then, of course, in the solar and, and all of these things. And so as somebody who started like several multimillion dollar companies, which is something that, you know, I think most of us, Carl, I can't even really fathom like that. Like, what do you see? Like, because the thing is, Josh, you didn't start these with like, you know, like big time investors or funders who were like, hey, here's a couple million dollars to get you going and get you started. Like you literally started it from absolutely nothing. And so for those people out there who are like, yo, I want to build something. What are you looking for? And I know it's not something that you can just explain, you know, top to bottom, you know, in a podcast. But like, give us an idea of like what we're looking for. Like you came and you were like, hey, I see an opportunity. You, you called me. Hey, this solar thing. What do you think? You think we should, you know, whatever. But like, what do you look for in a particular industry? Because I don't know that you're necessarily super passionate about the solar industry, um, but it, it's an opportunity that you saw, it's a window that you saw to be able to provide opportunities for others, and then you took it and ran with it, and now you know we're seeing these incredible results, but what do you look for as an entrepreneur um, when you know it's time to take advantage of an opportunity, when you see, ah, gosh, that looks like something that you know could be you know well within our wheelhouse to take to that next level? Yeah, so, um First, I think that, um, you know, see, working with you, you have you have some incredible gifts that sometimes I sit back when you make a business decision or you um, you see a video that I sit, shake my head and go, that's genius. And my brain doesn't work that way. And I think what you're saying is you look at something and say, OK, so how does it, how does your brain work that way? And, and how do you recognize mm -hmm. opportunity? The answer is um, I believe it's a gift that I've been given to kind of see see a trend um, and, and see that where I can leverage it. But, but the bottom line is I've always looked at people that, um, I look at people and go, okay, here's this guy. He's doing well in this industry. What, what are the things about this guy? So mm. can I do that? Is that a product that I think I could put out and, and sell? Because here's the deal in business that most people just look past. I, I get so bored when people come to me with business ideas and it's spreadsheets and 20 page business plans and I, I'll say, what have you sold? Who have you yeah. sold this to? Who, where have you turned any revenue with it? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, the, but the bottom line is if you've done any sort of business, revenue solves a lot of problems. Without revenue, it's just a dream. And so the answer is, how are we gonna turn revenue? 
How, how, how does this, how does this make money and not make money in a greedy way? Like how does this make us a lot of money, but how does this turn the business? So how, how does this keep the business turning to where we can live to fight another day and we can live to fight another day? But so the answer is I look at people, CJ, and I say, okay, I can do that. I can do All what right. he's doing. And I, and I think he's yeah. skilled, but I can do that. And I can do that industry. If that guy can, I see a little bit of myself in that guy and go, okay, I can do that and I can put on steroids. And, and I just go yeah. and learn. And I think that was one of the major things I think you taught me when you came in and I was asking you that question and you were like, you know, take any business. You were like, take any business you want. Like take, let's just say somebody who's running a successful real estate company, right? And it's churning, you know, a million dollars a year. It was like, they're, they're, what they're doing is duplicatable. Like you can duplicate what they're doing. And if you have the right skill set in terms of leadership and, and recruiting and all of those things, like you said, you can kind of put that thing on steroids. So what they're doing, somebody who's making a million dollars a year, it's not rocket science. Now, if it is rocket science, you're probably in a lot of trouble because maybe your brain just doesn't compute that. But if you're running, you know, a successful business, um, you know, that, like I said, is bringing a million, two million dollars a year. You were like, I can look at that business. I can literally duplicate, you know, some of the things that they're doing, put my own flavor to it and then run it up even more. And I think that's one of the things that, Carl, I never really even thought about in terms of, you know, businesses outside of ETA because we are looking to grow and expand. You know what I mean? Obviously, this will always be the core of what we do. But at the end of the day, we're entrepreneurs. And I understand and you understand, we all understand that the more we're able to start businesses, the more opportunities we're going to be able to provide. And I think that's what's deep E about what we're doing in the schools now is we really want to build a, a pipeline for these you know, young people who are going to school, who are coming out to be able to have you know, careers and resources. And we want to be able to do as well as we can as entrepreneurs to be able to take them to the next level. And so um, the solar industry is one of those things. Obviously, we have a, a bunch of other stuff on the table that we'll talk about. But as of right now, Josh, we, I called you the other day and you said, hey, we're ready to start recruiting more for Harbor, right? We had that conversation where you're like, yo, we're ready to offer jobs now because we've grown this thing enough. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about what we're doing is being able to provide those opportunities. And there's something about being able to, you know, help people and, and, and have people get not only a, 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 you know, a job, but a career or something that they can provide for their families. And, you know, we can instill some of these values that we have. And so I think that's major. Um, and E, if you want to come in and kind of talk about what we're doing in the schools and kind of the big vision of where we see this ultimately going, that'd be dope. Yep, yep, not, not a problem at all. Um, I, I, you know, if you don't mind, I want to go back and uh, just ask Josh a question. You know, CJ talked about, you know, bringing on this talent, man. I think one of the things that you guys need to do, you know, is if I could do it all over again, you know, I wouldn't look to hire friends. You know, it, it makes a lot of sense, you know, when you talk about hiring friends and family, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And I think, Josh, what a lot of people get confused with is relationships, you know, family, vision, dreams and business. And they're two different things, you know, and sometimes and I, I'm going to say this, the thing that I admire most about um, LeBron James outside of basketball, you know, of course, at first it would be his family, but Second, it would be that while he did hire his friends, he also um, set a standard where his friends literally had to go to school or 
Um, I wouldn't just say school, but they, whatever, I, and, I, and I'm not LeBron, so I wasn't in the meeting, and I don't know exactly how it went. Uh, but to some extent, they talked about whatever it was they loved, or whatever their dreams and goals were, that they needed to really get educated in that field. You know, and so we look at people in the past who may have hired their friends and may have hired people in their communities and unfortunately went bankrupt because while they hired good people, loving people, caring, trustworthy people, they didn't necessarily hire competent people. And I think that's the mistake that I probably made earlier is that I surrounded myself with people who shared my values, you know, and people who I could trust and people who I loved. And that doesn't always translate, Josh, to good business, uh, that, you know, savvy people. You know, that doesn't always transfer to um, a five-year sound business plan. You know, that, that doesn't always, you know, mean people are gonna get up at three o'clock and grind. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite. Sometimes when you hire family, Josh, you're not able to hold them accountable in the same way you're able to hold a stranger accountable. So I just want you to speak to that before we go to the school piece and um, just talk to us, Josh, from a business standpoint. We're not talking family or talking strangers, but what, what, what are some of the things that we really do need to talk about from a day-to-day -day standpoint? Like, what are some of the things we need to look at from recruiting when we talk about being able to not just character-wise, but make money? What are some of the things that, that are important when we're, when we're hiring Josh? So, and we might say, yo, this is a red flag. I shouldn't hire my family because they don't boom, boom, boom. Or this is a red flag. I shouldn't hire a stranger. This is probably something I should ask somebody in my family to do. Yeah, you know, you said it earlier, E, when you said, um, you know, winners win. And it, what you need to hire is experience. So you need to hire when you're hiring someone into your business. And, and, and that doesn't mean that they have to, um, work 10 years somewhere, but you need to hire someone with some kind of experience. What happens with a, a, a lot of friendship when you're hiring friendship, friends or family, and you're doing it through love and through friendship is you end up hiring someone that needs an opportunity. So whatever you have a gap in your business, if you say, can you do this? Of course they can. They're making $0 right now and they need an opportunity. So they'll say, yep, hand up, I'm in. And you end up giving them the job and then you sit there and you go, you shake your head and you get frustrated because you say, I thought you said you could do this. And they're going, well, I mean, I said I would, would do it. I never told you I could do it. I said I would. And those are, those are, those are, and, and, and that relationship, the, the challenge in that, and I've done this. Look, I've done this. I know this from experience. This isn't speaking theory. And the real challenge with that is when you hire like that, it's almost impossible to unwind. Because what do you do? Hire, hire, or, or fire someone that you're going to be standing next to at the family reunion, getting your dinner plate. You know, answering Ooh. your aunts and uncles. Once you hire them, it's tough to fire. That's exactly my yeah, exactly. And so I'm talking about impossible. And, and so and so when you're looking to hire and you're saying business, you need to look for someone with some experience and someone that wants to do that job. Like you said, they need to be a specialist. You say, what can you do for the organization? They say, this is exactly what I can do. And maybe they don't even have experience, but they're so dialed into who they are as a person that all they want to do is billing, filing, paperwork, emails, all the stuff that would drive you crazy. And you go, that's my personality right there. That's all they want to do. They don't want to meddle in anything else. But if someone says, hey, I'm a Swiss Army, I can do this and I can do that. And I can do that all they do is they end up getting in the middle of a company and they disappear. They literally disappear because, mm. because they don't shine anywhere. 
So all of a sudden you start giving them things to do and you end up scratching your head and getting frustrated because, and, and it's really hard to manage because there's so many moving parts. Um, you know, and I think Josh, that's the, the misconception that people have is they just want to grow, 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 grow. And that's one of the things that, you know, on the solar side, you kind of been teaching me. It was like, you know me, I'm like, all right, cool. Let's, let's go. Let's, you know, run it up. Let's get 500 employees. Let's go. And you were like, no, 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 no. We have to start slow. Like talk about that, that process of kind of getting your feet grounded and then making that transition slow. And you were like, yo, hiring more people and growing is not always a good thing. Yeah, but uh, more revenue and more people doesn't always mean more profits. I mean, it's, it, it, it just doesn't. And so you can add more people to the business, but for every, for every $5 you bring in, if you have to spend five fifty dollars uh, to pay that out, then you actually, now all you did was give yourself more headache, but not any more money. But it feels good because it feels like growth. It feels like opportunity. Um, and, and so if you're talking just pure business, pure dollars and cents, um, I, I'm a big believer that you find a model. So you find out a way to make money. When I say a model, it doesn't have to be some fancy spreadsheet. Just learn how to make money, how that thing turns in that, that business, right? doesn't matter if it's any sort of business. How do you make money doing it? And then prove that model out and prove it's sustainable and then prove you can duplicate it and then go crazy. Yeah. And Josh, Once you know you can I'm duplicate about, it. Yeah, I'm sorry, Josh, but that's what I mean by a winner. I don't want people on the phone when I say a winner you feel like you're, you're a winner because you have potential. You feel me, Josh? Like, you feel like you are a winner because you sing well. Well, you ain't put out an album yet, and you haven't sold any albums, and you ain't win a Grammy. You know, you haven't been featured at, at, with, a, you know, with any other artist. You haven't opened up for anybody. You know, you're like, I'm a great speaker. Yeah, but you haven't had three or four or five, six years of experience, and you've not opened up for somebody or you've done one or two things but you've not you know you're not consistent so when i talk about winning i'm not talking about potential i i, I didn't attract cj's parents on potential remember what i told you this was this was the relationship started with cj's father the relationship with carl actually started with his brother this isn't you know what i'm saying and then their moms had to be like whoa that's what you got you feel me so CJ couldn't go to his mom. Carl couldn't go to his mom like, yo, man, hey, I heard my man speak one time. It was fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was no. He, he did this for this many years. He spoke here, here, and here. He's a pastor. He's been doing blah, blah, blah. He's married. He's got two children. He had this degree. He's come here to work on it. Like, yo, bro, when I talk about winning, I'm talking about winning. I'm not saying, talking about we number one. But you have never won a national title. You ain't won an NBA championship. You've never held a Lombardi trophy. Like when I say winning, say Nick Saban is a winner. You understand what I'm saying? He is a winner. You know, D'Antonio is a winner. Izzo is a, a winner. Coach K is a winner. Dean Smith is a winner. And so I'm saying to you that you've got to win. And a part of winning is not just being talented. It's having a system. Now, Unfortunately for me, I had not fully developed that system, but I had a system when I met C, when I met Carl. We had a system. Josh came on. He saw they have a system. So a lot of you need to just get off just your potential talent. What's your system? What's your triangle? You know what I'm saying? Phil Jackson got a triangle. What, what's your system called? What are the three points of your system? What, what, what's your vision, your mission? And not something you just wrote on a piece of paper. But what are you doing that's working? What's your system? The P, 
uh, uh, P, whatever, uh, 925, whatever. What, what, what's your, what's that thing that you have? I, my, my, my thing was I. Translated P90X and T25. Well, tra- tra- no, yeah, tra- translated my age, because I, 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 I don't know that stuff, is Tybo. My man had a system, y'all. I was doing Tybo. My man had a system. So these new dudes came in and saw what Tybo was doing, and now they've added hip-hop to it or added whatever they've added to it. But my man, Tybo, that he was the first person, Billy Blanks. He was the first dude. He had a system. So, so you could do it for five minutes. You could do it for 15 minutes. You could do it for 30 minutes. He had an hour. He was traveling throughout the city. And people might have thought that little outfit he had on was funny, the little blue look outfit was funny. But my man had a system, and he called it Tybo. And he was selling VHS tapes tapes everywhere. And I was buying them and dropping them suckers in. You know what I'm saying? So I'm saying, (laughs) what's your system? What's your triangle? What's your Tybo? What's your, your, um, uh, um, you know, back in the day, the PC? What's your PC? You know, and, and when Josh said it, it hit me because I remember Josh for years going in circles and wondering why I couldn't recruit high level talent. I was I was like a chicken running around with my head cut off. I was doing 20 things. But now that I have a system and see like, yo, E, you just speak. Yo, Carl, you just do this. Yo, I'm going to do this. Yo, Josh, you do this. Yo, team, you do this. Now, bro, we killing the game. We killing the game. Somebody asked me yesterday, like, yo, E, I keep hearing you say do this, do this. But what do you do? What are you doing every day? And I had to tell my man, all I'm doing is speaking, bro. I'm not doing this no more. Carl's doing this. C's doing that. Josh doing this. So, so if you don't get anything else from this podcast, I really want you to understand, don't look to be next level until you get your system. So you spend as much time as you need that when you meet an Eric Thomas, I don't have 10 minutes to talk to you. I don't have five minutes to sit there and talk to you. You need to define it, the lowest common denominator. You need to be able to one-third me. You need to be able to one-eighth me. Like, you can't 50 over 100 me. Like, you got to one-half. You got to break that thing down so much so that in 30 seconds, I understand everything I need to understand. 60 seconds, I know everything about your company. I know exactly what you're trying to accomplish, exactly what you're trying to do. And then I can make an intelligent decision if our brand alignment is a fit or not. But that five, 10 minutes, you know what that means? It means you're not really clear on where you're going. You're not really clear on what you're doing. And you cannot hire high-level talent unless they know that when they hitch their wagon to yours, that you guys are going to get to that doggone destination and you're going to reach some level of success. So, Josh, appreciate that, man. You gave me a lot of clarity today on, you know, even me in terms of the school system and what I'm doing, how I need to make sure that, we're able to truly define that thing in 30 seconds or less so that we can get this system going and put it in schools all across the country. So C, C and E, <laughs> let me just say one more thing too, guys. This, this is really important when you're starting a new business. People are gonna come to you and they're gonna tell you all they can do for you. They're gonna tell you up and down all they can do for your business. And just ask them, so what do you need me for? I mean, what do you need me for if you can do all that? Why would you come work for me if you can do all that. See, I didn't, I didn't come and align uh, forces with ETA and with the three of you um, to do exactly what you guys do. So I can bring a different element. But if I came to Ian and said, hey, 
you need me on your team. Why? Because I can open up for you and we'll kill the game. He's doing something for me at that point. I'm not doing anything for him. Mm. He's not. I'm not doing a thing for him. We get a lot of that, Josh. Oh, I know. In my email. Yeah, I have people. Be in my email. I have, I have people that come to me all the time and say, "Hey, if 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 you'll let me join the company, I can run the finances. I can do this and I can do that." And I go, "I'm doing you a favor. We've got that covered. You just want me to give you a job. You're not doing anything for me. Tell me what you can do for me that I'm not doing, and then I'll carve you a niche." So, like Anders, who works with us. See, you know, when he gives me what he's going to do and he says, hey, when we're recruiting him, because the question is recruiting, I take what he says he'll accomplish. I cut it in half. And if I'm good with it, then I'm good with it. And we move forward. What do you mean by that? So so he said. The cut in half. Yeah. So he says, I'm going to make 20 sales this month. I say, okay, cool. If he makes 10, am I good? Mm. Are we good as a company? And that's not being negative. I don't want to have any ill feelings towards this guy saying I'm a superstar. And him hitting 18, which would be through the roof, great. And him feeling like he underachieved and me feeling like I got duped. So if the business can turn off his 10, then everything he does above that is just, just, just great. And, and so it's not a doom and gloom. It is a looking at saying, okay, am I cool if he doesn't achieve all that he says he can? Because most humans can't, including myself, achieve what we say we think or what we think we can in the short amount of time that we think we can do it. And that's where most people just get themselves completely out of the game. They, they, they underestimate the time, the money, the energy it takes to get something off the ground. You know, we're talking and about... And the resilience, right? The resilience. And the resilience. Oh, yeah, because when you start it, it's going right. to fail. Yeah, it's going to fail and you're going to, and you're going to lose sleep and you're going to lose energy and you're going to lose peace of mind and you're going to lose money and you're going to lose friends and you're going to lose at times even family if they're part of the business there are things that are going to happen if you're going to stay in the business long enough that, that that there's a downside to every level that you achieve and most people don't want to talk about that so it's all top line top line top line the reason why e or you or carl or myself can now talk to people and they they start talking about all they can do in businesses we look at them and go man you young whippersnapper you haven't actually done anything yet you haven't even hit one of those downsides of the levels sure you've gone on a good three-month run it sounds so good when I got it thought out on paper, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, but you haven't even, so I was good. just going to say, I got, a, I got an email yesterday, Josh, not to cut you, but I got an email yesterday, and somebody was asking about accreditation, Breathe University, and its accreditation and that kind of stuff, and it got me to thinking. So just, just, just FYI, it takes seven years. You have to be established for seven years before you can even be considered for accreditation. So by the time you've heard about the University of Phoenix online, they have already put seven mm. years in. You know what I'm saying? Like when you hear about it, people are getting degrees, they've already put seven solid years in. Now, it could be more. It has to be a minimum of seven years. So when we talk about a system and knowing this kind of stuff, when we started to Breathe University, we started fully knowing that we were going after accreditation. Like that was the system, E, going back to what you were saying. But yeah, the, 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 rea- the reality is, like CJ just said, there are going to be so many roadblocks and hurdles that they have to make you go through seven years first to prove yourself. You know what I mean? Because there's so many things financially. You know, who knows what could happen with you? talking about an online university. I'm using that as an example. But with any business, there's so many tech, you know, software pieces you need that the company that you're dependent on could fall, the accounting. There's so many pieces you have 
have to go through these things. So to see the part, the part that you hit on resilience is huge because yeah, it's, it's going to happen in some, in some regard, it is going to happen. And Josh being realistic about 10 versus 20, if I can still sustain the business with 10, absolutely. Then let's roll. If you can, if you can, if you believe you can guarantee 20, chances are you're going to hit 15 consistently. I only need 10 to rock the business. We killing it all the way through, all the way through. Yeah, no, 100%. And going that extra mile too, man, is crucial. I think, and we got a question here um, that's asking about separation and separating yourself from the competition. And one of the things that I always say in business, and you guys can speak to it, is when we look at, you know, when I look at this particular industry, I always say, what are people not willing to do? You know what I mean? Like, what are people not willing to do? And like when we came in the game, people weren't willing to put out free content and free information, right? Why? Because they saw it as, you know, wasted opportunity. You're giving out all your best stuff for free. You know, nobody's going to want it, but, but we were willing to go that extra mile. And in everything you do, to me, if you can go that extra mile, if the store down the uh, street closes at six, close at seven. You know what I'm saying? Like find that extra thing. It was funny. I was in, I think I was telling Josh or E about it. I can't remember. But I was, when I was in Manhattan a couple weeks ago, I was with my boy Christian, right? And we were driving. He came and picked me up for dinner. We were driving down the street. And he was like, oh, he uh, runs a Mercedes dealership. And he was like, oh, here's, you know, one of my competitors. This is a true story, right? So he was like, here goes one of my competitors. So we actually, he was like, let me show you their store because his was farther away. He was like, you know, I know these guys, whatever. You know, so we jump out of the car and we're going to go to this, I mean, this beautiful Mercedes dealership, right? And it might have been 7 o'clock. And we get up to the door at like 6.58, and there's like a security guard right there, and he doesn't recognize Christian or me, obviously, anything. So he just looks at us and goes, no, 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 we're closed. And I was like, man, all right, cool. Now, I know I might not have looked like I was about to buy a Benz, but my boy Christian was, you know, dressed to the T's because he just came from work. So I'm like, wow, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm about to sell a Benz and somebody coming up trying to pull on the door handle, by all means, come in, whatever. That's neither here nor there. But there was a guy who went up and pulled on the door handle right after us, right? Like he was like right behind us. He looked too. He did the same thing. And he started walking off, you know, with his wife or well, I guess it was his wife. And he was walking off and he was like, oh, they're closed. And we kind of whatever. And he started walking away. And my boy Christian ran after him, goes to him and says, hey, you know, I, you know, run a Mercedes dealership. It's not that far from here. You know, what are you looking for? And the guy goes, well, I was honestly just looking for like a jacket or like some paraphernalia so my boy Christian was like cool give me your address I'll send you some you know what I'm saying so he like exchanges information with the guy right then and there right Christian goes to his store the next morning sends him the stuff and then about a week later this is uh, like just beginning of last week Christian sends me a picture of the dude at the store with him came in and bought a Benz from him mm. wow and I was just like, yo, and he, said, and he sent me, he was like geeked up. He was like laughing because he was like, yo, you remember that guy? I sent him some gear and then lo and wow. behold. Now, Christian didn't know if my man could afford. And matter of fact, once he said he was there, I'm not going to lie. Once he said he was just there to buy a shirt, I was like, oh, okay. Right, I'm through. You, you ain't got, to, but Christian followed all the way through and was like, yo, I don't know what his deal is, but he likes Mercedes Benz enough. If he ever wants to buy one, he's got my card, he's got my information. And he sent me a picture and the dude was in there shaking his hand bought a bench from him the next week. And I'm like, yo, that is what entrepreneurship wow. is about. That's what yeah. going to get it looks like. And a lot of people, man, if you're going to go in and I always say, if you're going to go into business and do exactly what somebody who's already been established for a hundred years is doing, why would I convert my allegiance to you? 
You have to do something that I, that person or that business is not willing to do. And most of you, you coming in and you're not finding those gaps. And I think that's what Josh is excellent at. You know, even you know, Ian Carl as well is coming in, finding the gaps. What's what are they doing wrong? What could they be doing better? And then blowing that up, right? It's like nothing. There's nothing new under the sun. You're not going to invent anything new. You're not going to say anything new. No. The things that Eric Thomas has said is not anything that's never been said before. You love him because of the way he says says it and the way in which you know it hits you. It's a different mechanism, a different delivery. So for you entrepreneurs out there who are starting companies. Don't just start the exact same business that's down the street. You'll be out of business. They've already been there. They've already got a customer base. If you're going to snatch people away, you got to provide something new and exciting. And so, yeah, that was just an example of um, hey, C- you know, CJ, one entrepreneur going to get it, man. Yeah, let me ask you a question. How long has Christian been uh, selling cars? Christian's been in the car, uh, man, probably 15, 20 years. Okay, so I want everyone, I want everyone to listen very carefully. You have to stay in business long enough to find the gaps because your gap you think is a gap is not a gap when you start a business. I'm just I'm, mm. let, I'm letting you know, you think you know what the industry is like that you're entering, but you have no clue till you're in the industry. You need to stay in business long enough to find those wins. The, the, year, the year one, month one, uh, 25-year-old Christian didn't do that. Right. 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 Yeah. He, he didn't yep, do that. Point. So, so yep. people start. They have their little business plan. They do everything. They say this is the gap. This is how we're going to exploit it. I will tell you, ninety-five percent of the time, you're wrong on how you're going to exploit that industry and how you're going to find your gap. Hmm. You have to get in there and you have to stay in business long enough to find your wins. Yeah, and that and and it, so sometimes it just becomes an endurance race. Like I, I, I think about it all the time, and even you know going through the book, Carl, and stuff like that, like. Yo, there was mm-hmm. multiple opportunities to quit. You know what I'm saying? Just like, I'm, I'm just right. be real. There was yep. multiple opportunities. There was other job offers. There were things that looked more lucrative. There were all of these things. But like, um, I, I love the quote that says like, yo, hurry up and fail. Like, yo, we start mm-hmm. failing so much that like you cross off all the things that aren't working. And some of it, you're right, Josh, it's just an endurance game. How long can you stay in? How much can you learn from every single failure? How long can you stay in it? Because most people throw in the towel. And so if you if the half the competition is just eliminating themselves through sheer osmosis, then, you know, only the the the, the strong and the few are going to be standing and um yeah, for us in this particular game, it wasn't it wasn't a, a sprint. It was a marathon, and we're still running that marathon. But you're absolutely right. Sometimes it's just an endurance game. And if you need to get your endurance up, man, you need to holler at Organifi. Okay, Organifi is um, killing the game right now, man. I'm on the green juice heavy. I'm on the red juice, the probiotics. Like, I'm killing it, like, for real. Um, feel good. I feel better than I've ever felt. I'm just being honest with y'all. I'm about to be 35 in a couple weeks. Oh, wow. That, I, man, I feel old. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm old, but I don't feel old. And I, here's how I know I'm old. I was watching the um, the Cleveland game last night, right? And I was like, man, D-Wade's still out there. D-Wade is old as hell. Get out. And they were like, D-Wade, 35 years old. I was like, whoa. I felt it too, see. Right I was like, wait, I'm 35. You mean to huh? tell me I'm out there with the old grandfather? So, um, <laughs> but honestly, guys, I'm, I'm not joking. I feel better in terms of my energy um, just my workout regimen than I've ever felt, man. And you guys have been hearing me talk about being on Organifi for some time now. Again, guys, we came to them and asked them to sponsor this because it was something that we believed in. It's not somebody who called us and was like, hey, can you promote this? Uh, we've been on this for a, a while, man. And I'm, I can't tell you how good I feel, 
how much energy I have. I told you, no more energy drinks, no foolishness like that. I'm off of yeah. any type of Red Bull. I told you, I sneak a Red Bull and not tell anybody every now and then. I'm off that altogether completely, man. And I feel great throughout the day, just to be honest, man. And the Organifi has truly helped with that. And um, if you guys want to try it out again, man, we're giving it a, a sweet discount, right? Um, you, you get, what, 20% off, Carl? Uh, for using yes, our promo sir. code SUCCESS. So that's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com. Uh, use the promo code SUCCESS, man, and get 20% off right away. And see how you feel. Write in, tell me how you feel. Um, you know, let, let us know if it's if it's helping you. Give us some of the testimonials. I got some testimonials in my email. I don't know where they are right now, but people have been emailing me. I'll read some of those next week. But Organifi.com, check it out. Um, we're working with them. Also, man, um, Josh, before we transition, because I want you to talk about the schools, and I want to talk about, um, you know, I know we're, where are we on time? We're good on time. Um, real quick, I know we have, I, I mentioned it, but we're, we're actually creating jobs, and we have some opportunities for on the solar side as well, so Harbor Solar. Um, you want to tell the people how who are interested and maybe in the South Carolina market who we have listening to us, how they if they're interested, they can get involved. Yeah, yeah. You know, go go visit us at uh, harborsolar.com and um, and you can acquire there. And you can also go and please go and like our Facebook page. That is, it's Harbor Solar SC. So if you look up Harbor Solar, you'll find it. It's at Harbor Solar SC. And um, you'll be able to SC, see. SC, like South Carolina. You got it, exactly. And you'll be able to see some of our most recent installs and what our team's up to and really be able to track the company and from the from this oh, podcast man, installs know. look beautiful so if whether you uh you live in that area and you're looking to get solar um going which is solar man josh has taught me so much about it it's super exciting super cool um and i've seen some of the installs that look just gorgeous man we got some drone shots of the the, the installs the guys are out just killing it man the customer satisfaction is through the roof we're getting great reviews you can go on the uh, facebook page and see some of the reviews we got um, it's been fun, man. It's, it's been a, a fun process and, you know, just me getting, learn, you know, to learn more about it, obviously, you know, creating green energy, lowering people's uh, utility bills. Um, it's just been awesome to be in, a part of a business, again, that, you know, not only does well financially, you know, but also, you know, helps people out, helps the environment. It's been great. So, um, yeah, go check that out, Harbor Solar. Um, and give us a shout there. Um, of course, you guys can always reach us at info at ET Inspires as well uh, with any additional feedback. Now, E, I want to talk to you um, really quick about uh, about doing your best and, making, and, and, and earning what you're supposed to earn so that you can do what you're supposed to do. Because E is a prime example of somebody who, you know, the, the, you know, the Robin Hood approach, right? Like we, that's something that you've always been big on. Like you're able to go and, and charge massive amounts to these corporate companies and right, deservedly so. I mean, obviously you're one of the best in the world. We've saw that again with the Love Conquers video. Shout out to everybody who watched that. We're over, I think, 2 million, over 2 million views in less than two weeks, which is just incredible. And you did it again. But E, I want you to talk to people like, because some people there's this negative, not negative stereotype, but some people like, oh, you're just about making money. You're trying to make money, you know, to be greedy. And I think our company is a prime example of making money to create opportunities for other people. None of us drive around in Bentleys. None of us have like, you know, these mega mansions with pools in the basement. Like that's not what we're on. But all of us, you know, have, have been very philanthropic. And I want you to talk about how it's your duty to do what you need to do on that end so that you can do what you want to do in terms of the service 
um, learning in terms of, you know, all of the things that we're able to do. So talk about Florence, talk about what we're doing in the schools, the impact that we're having. I know some of you who follow us on social media probably have seen E in the classroom, like actually teaching. And it's just incredible to watch E, um, you know, be at this level of his career and then doing what most would consider to be going backwards, going into the schools to teach, you know, middle school and high school, you know, kids. Um, e, talk to us about that and that transition and why it's important to go out and do what you, you, you reach your uh, maximum earning potential so that you can uh, make a difference. Yeah, well, well see, you know, uh, first of all, shout out um, to uh, Jimmy Shaw, Dr. Shaw at the Florence uh, School District in Alabama, smaller town. Uh, Josh and him got together and, you know, made this thing happen. So shout out to him for having the presence of mind to even reach out because there are a lot of people that don't reach out to us, see, because they feel in their mind like, yo, that company way above us. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way possible we can get them to a little city like Florence, Alabama. And just shout out to, to Dr. Shaw for having the presence of mind to be in BU, you know, to be in the community and then to reach out and say, hey, guys, I don't know what y'all charge. You know, I don't even know if I have what it takes financially, but I want you here. You know, and so Josh and they were able to, um, to work something out. And I think Josh, uh, originally with the contract, I think we were gonna go three times throughout the course of the school year. Yep, that's right. Okay, so I think we had planned on doing two this semester and then one next year in February. And, um, and so when I got there, uh, I, I was amazed, you know, that this school district would give me the reins over the whole school district. You know what I'm saying? They like, look, from kindergarten all the way up, they had the custodial workers, the administrative assistants. Like, he shut the entire school district down the first day I trained. Unbelievable. You know, so I was super excited. Um, I've been able to do a couple schools, but they kind of like, E, this is what we want. He had the presence of mind to say, look, we don't know what we want. You know, we know that we're failing and, and we want your help. Now, here's some ideas we have, but go ahead and take over. And what happened, see, like Josh was saying, I realized, see, that what they were able to pay, we were only under contract three visits, but I knew that what needed to get done couldn't get done in three visits, if it makes sense, see. I, 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 I just knew that, like, yo, what you guys want me to accomplish and what I need to get done, I can't do that, you know. Uh, and here was the deal. The deal was we have enough to pay you to come and train our teachers. But come on, see, how, how, how are we going to change the school district with just the teachers? And so then I came back another time and we did the students. But come on, see, how am I going to change the community talking to teachers, students, and then some of the movers and shakers in the city. I got to get to the parents, you know? And so when I came this time, I brought the whole, I brought a squad. I brought four individuals with me. I brought my son, I brought Skull, I brought Lashana, we brought Sophie, you know? So it's five of us there. And now with the five of us being there, I've got four other ears now, four other individuals who are watching me and critiquing me. I've got four other individuals who's sitting with, bro, Here's the deal. Some of you guys want to be so big. Listen to what Josh is saying. It's ET. Why would you do Florence, Alabama? See, I would rather do Florence, Alabama than Detroit, than Chicago, than LA. Do, do you understand how big the Detroit public school system is? It's like a it's a losing battle, Josh. Do you know how, do you know how big the Chicago public school system is? It's it's a losing battle. I can't go in there and change that with the system we have now, Josh. 
we're working the system. We're flushing the system out. So Florence really mm -hmm. makes sense because I sat in a room, one room, a, a, a small meeting room with every single principal at every single school. And we were able to talk for an hour and flesh some stuff out and put a plan together. I can't do that in Detroit. I couldn't do that in Chicago. So so I'm actually getting a chance, Josh, to work the system. And then I got CJ old school, which is 10 minute drive. My boy now Bogan, who was once the coach as an assistant principal. And now I'm going in free to do what, Josh? So it's one thing to write the curriculum. It's one thing to give it to the teachers, right? It's another thing when you go in the classroom and you actually do it yourself. And now you can send them video of you actually sitting down and showing them if I was to implement it, this is what it would look like. Josh, here's the big piece. Here's Proof of concept. Oh, let me tell you something. Field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. It's the field of dreams. Josh, Josh, can I tell you what's so deep, though? When I took the worksheet that a group of educated people, you're talking about Lashana, law degree. You could talk about Tay as a nurse, Carl, two degree. Bruh. When we sat in that room, uh, Latoya degree, uh, Ken a degree, do you understand that when we put that document together and we took it in the schools and the kids start reading it, Josh, I understood that, yo, it's too deep. It's too deep. You had all these educated people putting this document together. We get in the classroom and the kids start reading it. I, st I realized some of this stuff don't even make sense. It made sense when educated folks was doing it, but when you go in and giving it to a ninth grader, bro, I'm like, yo, that don't even read right. That, that doesn't even make sense. Like, oh, we got to start all over from scratch. The examples that we use, too much. You know, some of the words, too deep. Like, we got it. We, we got And so, Josh, that couldn't have happened if I only wrote it with the crew, trained it with, with the teachers, by me going in class and actually doing it, and having the students read it, I'm like, yo, we got to go back to the drawing board. We got to go back. And so Florence has given us a chance to do something that is scalable. You know, it's not the same pressure. It's not some of the same challenges that you have in a major city. And so, yeah, see, a lot of it is giving back initially. But when you start doing it, you start realizing, oh, we got a lot. It's a lot of tweaks to be made. And so I'm actually in the lab myself on Eric Thomas. I'm actually in the lab on the worksheets. I'm actually in the lab on the videos. I'm watching the videos with the kids and saying, okay, how does the music, okay, how does that feel? It felt great when me and Carl and Ken and Skull was doing it in the room. It felt great. But when you put it in the classroom on the screen TV, you know what I'm saying, with the little baby speakers, <laughs> it's about 85% done. We need to go back and fix it. So, so for me, see, is what Josh said. I'm able to see my own gaps, the company's gaps, as I am influenced and I'm and, and yeah, while we may be going back more than what we said and doing free work, a part of it is not necessarily free. A part of it is this is an opportunity to show this city that we love them and we're grateful that they gave us an opportunity. And yeah, you couldn't pay what corporate could pay. But what you did was enough to get us in the door. And now we're going to take this thing and take it to another level. So yeah, I, I, I hope I really hope people are catching that because I think Man, you, you're talking about the number one motivational speaker in the world talking about he's starting small. Like, I, I just hope you, if you ain't hear nothing else he said, I'm hoping that those of you out there who want to be entrepreneurs or starting companies understand what he just said. He just said, 
I wasn't ready for a Chicago and New York or Detroit on that level. I still wanted to start small, perfect my craft, get a proof of concept before we go taking this to these larger school districts and start implementing this stuff big time. And that's the problem some of y'all have, man. You, you're too high on yourself. You don't have the expertise you think you have. And so you run straight into a Chicago and they shoot you down and you feel like your idea ain't no good. No, that's not the problem. The problem is you're not willing to start small. You're not willing to gain proof of concept. I tell people all the time, give them proof of concept. Show them. It don't just come to me talking about some, oh, I could come on ETA and design this, 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 and this. No, show me what you did in the past. Show me how, you know, revenue grew as a result of what you were doing in these other businesses. Don't just come in talking about what you can do. Start somewhere where you can prove yourself. Start small, improve yourself, and then you'll be ready to go to that hey, next hey, level. See, can, so, I no, say, that's can, can I advice, say this too? Ian. Can I yeah, say this real quick too? Here. Yeah, I just want to say this real quick too. Here's the other, here's the other blessing, Josh. I don't have to worry about the other top motivational speakers following me to Florence. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I, I, yeah. I don't have to worry about them following yeah. me to Florence. I don't have to worry about them being in Huntsville, Alabama. You, you feel me? I don't have to worry about them going uh, and spending 40 minutes with kindergartners. Separation. I, I don't have to worry about that. This I, I got my own lane right here. The other nine, whoever the top 10 motivational speakers are in the world, they, I don't have to worry about them following me to these little towns, these little markets. I, I, it ain't no comp. I don't have to worry about them going and teaching in the classroom. Like, they can watch me if they want to. They can watch me and see what I'm doing, but they're not about to go duplicate that. They're, these kids, not bums in seats. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not about to make uh, uh, $5,000 off of a five-year-old. So I don't have to worry about that. Like, you're only going to do that if you're real. You, you, so, 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 so what I'm trying to explain is I'm separating myself by going and doing something that I know ain't nobody else about to do that. And if they are, more right. power to them. But hmm. the reality is, I guarantee you the top 10 motivational speakers, they're working on the TED Talk right now. They're working on the next big book right now. Yeah. They're working on the next. They, I don't have to worry about that. But here's the other thing that I don't that 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 is a going to be a blessing that that five year old, that 10 year old that's following us right now, that five year old whose hands I'm shaking one day is going to be in college. He's going to be in the NBA, the NFL. NFL. One day he's going to work for a company. You feel me? So I'm pouring into him now and tomorrow. Yeah, they're going to pour it. into us. Yep. Yeah, you sound like you ready to go do a session right now. Right this second. <laughs> right this second. No doubt. Um, let's transition into Ask ET. Man, shout out to Game Changers, man, as our sponsors for uh, Ask ET, man. For anybody who's looking to speak, be a speaker. Um, listen, we I know you guys have been hearing us talk about it. We met up. Um, we meet up every quarter, once a quarter, man. We've been having some phenomenal results. We're getting some people certified. Shout out to our certified speakers now, man, who are our first group to get certified. I've been getting so many emails about when can we start. Listen, Carl, give them the website that they can go to and leave their information. We're just about in the process of bringing in a new cohort to certify. Um, again, a speaker training, but more than speaker training. Josh and I had this conversation. Carl, you on the yeah, line too? We yeah. had the conversation. I'll correct you. It's no. really entrepreneurship training. So if you have a business idea yeah. or you're working on something, you want to become a better communicator and a better entrepreneur altogether. I mean, we are together for two days, once a quarter. Um, we're on the phone, you know, um, weekly. 
um, getting it in, man, just going to that next level and people's businesses, ide business ideas and their entrepreneurship, everything is going to the next level. So um, it, it started as a speaker training program, but for anybody who has a, a, an idea, a business opportunity, or you just need help and guidance, man, you know, uh, I'm, I'm there for the branding side. Carl is there for the social media and the media side. E, of course, you know, providing that, that motivation and inspiration you need. Josh with the business advice. We're really giving you, you know, that information across all levels and you're sitting down with us uh, round table style so it's just a, a fun environment Carl if they want more information and um, I know we're getting ready to open that list up tell them where they can go and yep. sign up to so be go to a part and if you just if you want to leave your information and you just have questions somebody from our team will give you a shout yep. and see if it's right for you yep so hey guys go to etagamechangers.com etagamechangers.com and you can leave, the, there's a button there that just says join the waiting list. And we just literally want your name, email if you're interested. And like C said, we'll have somebody reach out to you um, either by email or just call you just to kind of talk it through. Like, what are you guys looking to do? You know, what's your business idea? Like, whatever. If you're speaking, you know, what group do you want to speak to? And we'll kind of put, we've put the packages together, man. And like C said, we have some certified speakers actually on that page already. You can go click to learn more about our certified speakers and you can see them on that page as well. But this is real, guys. We're, we're, we're seeing people come through and the growth. See, see e, Josh, talk about the growth from, from quarter to oh quarter with the people that we've seen. It is insane. It is insane, y'all. So ETAGameChangers.com. I'm about ETA ready to take them on tour. They're so good, man. It's been incredible yeah, to watch real. the growth. And, you know, sometimes, man, like, you know, for real, man, we, uh, you know, it, it's something that I believe in fully. But, man, we, we, we get gym memberships. We join a gym. You know, we train our bodies, but very few of us train our minds regularly, man. And that's what, you know, the opportunity we're providing with Game Changers and also BU as a whole. Shout out to BU, our, fa our BU Family 100-Day Challenge. Man, you see the results people are getting from this 100-Day Challenge, man. You have got to push yourself mentally, man. You've got to surround yourself with other lions, other people looking to go to that next level. So join us, man, in some capacity, man. Start uh, exercising that brain and taking yourself to the next level. So, Carl, give them the site one more time. Yep, ETA, Eric Thomas and Associates, ETAGameChangers.com. All right, let's go to Ask ET. Scott in Atlanta said, ET, do you have any pregame meal or something special you eat before you speak? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Absolutely vegan, nothing. Vegan ice cream. Yeah, nothing, bro. I've never Are you still a vegan before. or no? Oh, no questions asked, bro. Yeah, we're going to be doing this. I know you said Thanksgiving was rolling around. Oh, no. You wasn't sure if you oh, were going to no, be no. able to. Oh, I'm sure I'm not going to be doing it Thanksgiving. Yeah, no, I'm 100% sure I won't be doing it Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. But, but I'm not. I'm, I'm hoping that one day ain't about to, you know what I'm saying? One day ain't about to disqualify me is what my hopes is. But if it does, I'm disqualified. But no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how that works. Actually, yeah, that's, I, a, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, I, you, I guess I, I guess you that. can come off and come yeah. back on. Yeah, I have to ask the vegan community. Hey, go for hey, it. Hey, no, eat. To answer the question, though, I've heard E say before, see, that he actually likes to not eat before meals. So, E, I've heard you say that in terms of Ennis. Yeah, I thought that a, too, Carl. But I seen E smash a couple of times right before. We smash before, speak, right? Hey, the, the ration, the rationale was so deep. I was like, wow, E. Like he said, literally, he likes to be hungry physically. So, like, it kind of gives him momentum. Like, I want to stay hungry. Like, not just telling you to stay hungry and want it, but physically, I'm depriving myself of yeah, that no meal. And I'm like, yo, it's deep. Yeah. But, like, she said, occasionally I see them well, hit a Chipotle. Yeah, maybe just, like, yeah, no, no, just no, a and, little and couple I'll, bites and, here no, and there. And I'll be honest, though. <laughs> right, right. I'll be honest, guys. If I'm with CJ 
and and Inky and Jeremy, like for real, I'm just being real. I can eat now. It's not the same. It's not the same challenge, not the same right. stress. I got three other dudes getting up on the mic. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting there for about an hour and a half. It's not a whole lot for me to say, you know, listen to these guys. So for years when I was by myself and felt the weight of, you know, everybody riding on my shoulder, like I can't make no error. I can't make no mistake. I'm being real. It's easy. And I was with my wife yesterday and she's like, yo, you eating. You don't never eat before you speak. I was like, yo, I feel like I'm coming here talking to these students on um, what it takes to be successful business wise. Like, I don't feel like I got to go in there and go dog. Like, it's just a different whatever. So I do notice when I have a corporate company I've never spoken to before, you know, an NFL team. I wasn't doing that before. Like, I'd come in like, yo, eat. you got to kill them. But I'm just going to be real now. Now that now that things have changed with Inky, Jers, whatever, um, having Josh doing the entrepreneur thing, C speaking more now, I don't feel the pressure that I used to feel before. But guys, for years, for those of you who are on the solo, you don't necessarily have a team. I just wanted to be cautious that I didn't get comfortable. Like, you eating, bro. I ain't trying to be funny. But when you eat, to me, that's a, like a relaxing thing. Like eating. Bro, you definitely ain't got the same edge yeah, after you, you yeah, eat. You feel me? He like, done caught the itis. <laughs> no, no, no. like, look, put my PowerPoint no, no. up. Y'all can read the PowerPoint. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? So I'm just saying, Carl, yeah. You know, and I have to be cautious too, because sometimes people ask me a question. I can't answer it as the 46-year-old Eric that's been speaking for 20-some years. You right, just started right. two weeks ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't talk to you like, you know, yeah. people ask me, what time you go to bed? Well, I gotta be real with you. I try to go to bed 9.30, 10. I'm talking to old ET, the new ET. I'm with my wife. We traveling. I might not go to bed at 11.15. You can't do what I do now. You know what I'm saying? You got to do right. what I Right. You called me last night at like 10.15. Right. Right. I, I was like, I'm like, bro, I'm asleep. <laughs> right. You I got kids. <laughs> right. You I was knocked right. out. I was like, oh, I thought something was wrong. He don't never call me that late. I, but I forgot he was an hour behind. I was like, it was only 9.18. I woke up this morning like, oh, something wrong? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's good. So, yeah, yeah, next question. There you go, Carl. Next question is for Josh. Uh, Victor in Miami said, hey, Josh, do you find that incentivizing your sales staff works? In my case, it only seems to work for the same people every time. Need some guidance on how to bring up that bottom <laughs> rung. It's a good question. Yeah, it's a great question. The answer is yes, we incentivize um, all the time. And uh, we're actually just, I worked on a competition for um, Harbor last night where we're handicapping our sales force. So what I mean by that is our, our number one guy has to do twice as many to beat the bottom rung guys. So it evens out the sales force. So we get creative on how we how we give the, the bottom a chance to go. But here's the other thing: that your top guys your top guys um, uh, turn the business. So if, if it only motivates them, you're getting the business out of them. Uh, motivate them more. I mean, just because they're good doesn't mean they don't deserve more. So just keep feeding the feeding the beasts and letting them go do their thing, and then just keep hiring new people in the organization, and um, and some will turn to that top level. Yep, let's see. We got a bunch here. I'm trying to rifle through these. Gerard says, you guys will never know how much you guys helped me with the podcast. To show my gratitude, I'd love to send you a pic I drew. Uh, I'm an artist. Do you have a physical address we can send it to? What is it? 11615. One, 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 yep. yep, go for it, Carl. I don't know it. I'm sitting here. Got it. 116-11615, Hartel Road. And that's Grand Ledge, Michigan. So 11615 Hartel, H-A-R-T-E-L, Hartel Road, Grand Ledge, Michigan, zip code 48837. All righty. Um, let's jump to Jason in Madison. Says, hey, guys, just want to let you know I love the 
podcast. You guys make my Friday morning commute ridiculously fun. Quick question. I've heard your stories of how you all proposed, and it's just about that time for me. I bought the ring already, and I'm ready to propose, but I'll be honest. I have zero game and zero strategy on how to approach this. <laughs> Any tips would be greatly appreciated. Well, j first of all, Jason, <laughs> don't ask any of these guys. First of all, he's a hater. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's a hater, and Carl's about as romantic as a German Shepherd. So, I will, you know what I'm saying? We'll, I was just going to say, it's all CJ <laughs> on that one. It's all C. <laughs> uh, so, I, I'll take this one, boy. Will, hit some music for me, Will. Um, Jason, listen to me, man. This is a, a special moment that you'll never get back. All right, this is, you got one, one chance to do this right. Now, if you do it wrong, it could be the difference between you looking like a moron and her saying no um, and, and having your feelings hurt. But if you get it right, this could be the best moment of your life. So, this is my suggestion. Find out, well, you should already know what your fiance likes. Does she like to be outdoors? Does she like to be indoors? Does she like a lot of people around? Does she like a little quiet time? All right, find out what her needs are. All right. Does she send you any Google Calendar reminders that maybe, you know, <laughs> you, you can refer to uh, in your email of stuff that she needs done on a regular basis? Just propose at the gas station while you filling her tank up. Because apparently, okay, I got off track. I'm sorry. Hold, let me get back. Because I wanted to answer this seriously. No, you didn't get off track. Um, you didn't get off track. No, I did. I did. I, I started putting my own stuff up uh, in there. Okay, so look. Does she like the outdoors? Does she like whatever she likes, man? Try to try to be in her environment, not right? Not something that's for you. We talked about it before. Don't do it at a basketball game or football game. Do it somewhere where she would like to be. Does she like to go ice skating? I actually saw this on a movie not that long ago. It looked pretty cool. Somebody did it while they were ice skating. There was just a few people on the ice skating rink. It's about to be winter time. If you got an ice skating rink around, go, you know, hold each other, drink some hot chocolate, get down on one knee on the ice skating rink, all right? Very romantic. Make sure you get on one knee. There's this whole thing going around where you could just ask her now standing up. Kill that. Go back old school. It's mandatory that you get on one knee and ask her to marry you. Make sure you look into her eye and also don't forget mm. to ask the question. All right? Because most people, I see a lot of dudes now, they get so nervous and they get down on the knee and they just look. And obviously everybody knows what it means. But she still wants to hear those sweet words, will you marry me? And if you do that, you're going to be all right. Now. If any of you bums want to give some advice, I, 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 Jason, I advise against it, whatever they're about to say. But if anybody would like to add in on what hey, I already hey, hey, uh, Jason, blessed him with, hey, don't, feel don't, free. Hey, Jason, don't let the gorilla fool you. I've been in this thing for 27 years, <laughs> and my wife is loving it. So don't let him fool you. But I agree with C, man. Just make sure you know. You proposed that Chili's uh, over an onion with an onion ring. <laughs> I was 19 years old. So we don't want to hear anything. I was, I was oh, exactly. So, I was 19 years old. I thought it was sweet. It must have worked because she said yes. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, I have a question. E, hey, hey, start uh, small. We just, we just talked, talked right about twice a day. small. Yeah, I just have one question. Are we changing it from the marriage part from TGIM to CJIM? I just want to try. That might be a good I idea. Mean, you, just, you just ran with that thing for a minute. So. Oh, man. Let me tell you something. I got more I got more where that came from, Josh. This is, oh, I've been carrying hey, these been guys on this days, podcast for two years. I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. <laughs> Josh, he's been practicing. He's been putting in 100 days, so he right in that oh, zone now. That, that, oh. Yeah, that sounded like that sounded like you got that answer a few weeks ago and did some research. I'm just saying. Hey, I'll tell you this, though, Josh. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, hey, Josh, no, I, no, no, no. No I, research. I, I'm the top of the dome. I tell you Freestyle, this, Josh, guys. Freestyle. He's sweet with um, it, but I want to get Candace on one of these podcasts to mix it up a little bit. 
No, 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 no. Not not coming off the Google Calendar invite in a couple weeks before we get uh, before we get her out, out there. So, um, yeah, no. So that's it, man. That's uh, I don't think we got any more. We got oh, a few sir. more, but we'll save them for next week. Next week, because we're running a bit long. Thanks, um, Josh. Somebody got something they want to say? I just want to say thank Josh for being on. But it was I loved it. It was refreshing. Yeah, thank you, fellas. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it lightens my load of carrying you two. So. Anytime we can get a guest. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. And I don't have to do all the heavy lifting myself. It's, it's greatly appreciated. Um, another one, humility, Josh, another one of my great values that these guys have grown to love on the podcast. Um, no, in all seriousness, man, thank you guys so much. Shout out to everybody who's been emailing us um, from the addiction episode, man. We've had a ton of people email us and say that they've reached out to Adam and he's been helping get family members and loved ones and all kind of people placed in treatment. So that just is a, a huge blessing, man, that we're able to do this and, you know, actually impact some lives going forward. So that's awesome. Um, real quick, some announcements. Uh, we have next week, we're going to be in Chicago uh, for our entrepreneurship training, man. Super excited about that. So that is, um, if you guys are here this on, you know, Thursday, Friday, so that'll be next weekend in Chicago. Uh, still a couple tickets left, man. If you want to go on etinspires.com slash events and grab a ticket, come meet us in Chicago. Josh will be there. Um, I'll be there. Carl E, of course, man, the whole squad where we are. It was so much fun when we did it in Detroit, man. Just spend the whole day together, you know, asking questions, interacting that whole nine, man, getting that, you know, very specific point of information to take yourself and your business to the next level. That is the 29th of October in Chicago. Hey, and um, just just so they know, see, just so they know, this one is intimate, guys. Like we want you guys to come with your specific. Yeah, yeah. This is not stay like, ready. Yeah, you. this is a different yeah, vibe yeah. for yeah. sure. It's uh, yeah. hopefully we try to keep it to what right right around hundred people, Carl. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to you know six, seven, eight hundred at a stay ready where it's just you know an audience, man. This is a much more intimate feel. So we'd love to have you join us there in Chicago. Um, after that, we are in L.A. All right, we're coming to the West Coast. For those of you asking, when are we coming to the West Coast? You're in San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, all over. We are bringing the Stay Ready Tour there, man. Um, it is. It, it has just been incredible. I mean, the the and Josh, you're on here now. You can speak to it. But the level um, that these guys are on right now, I would put it up against any speaker tour that anybody's ever seen. I mean, it is phenomenal. It's funny. It's engaging. Um, it's emotional. It'll push you. It'll make you reflect. It'll make you think. It'll give you information. It's just been incredible. So awesome. anywhere on the West Coast, anywhere near. Yep. Go ahead, Josh. What, what, what were your thoughts about the tour so far? I mean, every stop, every stop's been incredible and every stop, um, every stop's different. So every stop is taking on life of its own. And, um, the, the, between the, the four speakers, the hosts, um, just the whole thing, it's, it's a giant party that you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be motivated, mm -hmm. you'll, you'll reflect, you'll think about your life, you'll, you'll make some changes, and you'll walk out, you'll walk out with tangible things to, um, to be able to improve your life. It's just awesome. Yep, so November 12th. All right, come out and celebrate my birthday with me too, man. November 7th, I'll be 35 years old. Goodness gracious. Mm, um, mm, and Carl, mm. wait, Carl, when is your birthday? No. Don't let me forget. Oh, man. Tomorrow or something? 23rd. No, no, no. We got a couple of days of 23rd. Hey, I okay. forgot, see. Yeah, I, I'll 23rd. forget. I'll definitely forget. So happy birthday, happy Carl. Happy birthday. I'm getting uh, it out now. Happy yeah, birthday. So Y'all hit Carl up, man. Tell him happy birthday. His birthday's in five days. Yeah, is it tomorrow? I love it, see. 
Oh, I told you. We, yeah, that's one thing yeah, we, we don't, don't really do. Oh, it's like all the that. sun. We don't, we don't do yeah. the birthdays. So, you know, we, uh, we we try to grind hard all all year long, and and then hopefully take a trip. Speaking of which, you're supposed to be planning our next trip, man. We ain't had a trip, a vacation in a while, so. I was um, gonna say our birthday is whenever we do that trip. That's our birthday. Yeah, exactly. That that definitely is a birthday. So I'm sure uh, you'll be working on your birthday because I'll be working on mine as well. Um, but November 12th, man, come out and uh, join us. It's gonna be awesome. L.A. All right, West Coast. We in the building. Um, and then also in March, man, we're getting ready for the phenomenal cruise. Man, so many people been hitting us up saying they got the ticket for that. Super pumped, super excited about that. He's going to be doing some dope wake-up sessions on the boat, man. We're just going to be riding and taking in that fresh air. It's my first time cruising, so I'm excited. I know, Josh, you've been on a bunch of cruises, and E, you've been on a bunch. Carl, did you say, Carl, you've been nope, on a cruise? No, that's my first. Oh, first yeah, one for Carl, too, too so um, yeah, yeah, come join us, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. We are on just a five-star top of the line boat that's just like crazy i saw like a youtube video or something uh showing us what the boat looked like but it's like brand new five stars it's gonna be super uh fun so come join us there go to phenomenalcruise.com right phenomenalcruise.com yes, man to sign up if you've got any questions again guys just hit us up at info uh at etinspires.com info at etinspires.com you got any questions about the cruise um, we'll be glad to, to, to help you out with that. Other than that, um, E, do you got uh, anything else? Am I missing anything, guys, before we let the people get it, go on about their day? No, sir. All right, E.T., hit us with a with a vegan nugget of the day. Uh, man, I'm going to go strong, <laughs> strong six-piece vegan nugget. Look, guys, you heard me say success series. The Thank God it's Monday video that came out, like for real. Don't ask for permission, man. You know what I'm saying? Some some things you need permission for, you know, when you were younger, field trips, you know, et cetera. But for real, know your worth, man. There's too many of y'all walking around here, you know, looking for other people to validate you. You know, you, you can't do it if you're not being affirmed. Look, know your worth. Look in the mirror. Don't wait for the next door neighbor to tell you how intelligent, how beautiful you are, how gifted you are, how you know, how you can make your dreams become a reality. Like, yo, it's time out for that. You know, that person that you're looking to to tell you that, first of all, they trying to live their life. You know, they, they trying to handle their business. They don't have time. You know, they don't have time for that. And so you're looking for other people to do something for you when you're getting upset and you're getting angry and you're wasting, like literally, you're wasting time. You're wasting emotion. I thought they were going, they owe me. Look, don't nobody owe you nothing. You owe you, right? So I just want you to stop looking for permission, give yourself permission to be great. Give yourself permission to be wealthy. Give yourself permission to be healthy. Give yourself permission to be in loving, healthy relationships. Like, give yourself permission to go. It was funny, I told somebody I'm looking for a house and they were like, you, you moving from Michigan? I was like, no, I'm not moving from Michigan. They're like, what do you mean? Well, how are you going to be in two states? I said, I'm not the only person that will have multiple homes in multiple states. Like, yo, I, I, no, I give myself permission not to live like the people think I should live, but live the way that I feel like I deserve to live. My wife needs some vitamin D, you know, and we don't have a whole bunch in the wintertime in Detroit. So we're going to go somewhere and get some vitamin D. And I don't need no disrespect. I don't need my mama permission to have two houses in two states. I don't need my daddy permission to have two houses in two states. I ain't called Josh and say, is it okay? I just called Josh and was like, yo, hey, in terms of 
uh, real estate and property, I got some questions I want to ask you. So I'm not asking for my kids. Daddy, you leaving us? I'm, I'm not asking permission. I am going to do what's in the best interest of my family, you know, my wife, you know, our, what do you call this, empty nest season. So do me a favor, man. Stop asking people for permission for what they don't have the right to give you permission for. It's your life. Take control of it, man, and do the things that you love and the things you dream of. So that's my vegan nugget for the day. I right, appreciate that nugget of the day. Y'all go to iTunes, right leave us that review. Appreciate you being home. on, Josh. I'll see all of y'all next week. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity with all your might, with all your soul, with all your heart. Yo, what's up? It's your boy, E.T. Look, man, first and foremost, man, I just want to say thank you to everybody out there. Look, we got a special announcement. I know it's a lot going on in the country right now. And um, on behalf of ETA and the ETA family, you know, we're trying to do our part to bring inspiration and hope. And uh, we've decided, you know, over the last three or four years that the school system across this country is going to be what we focus on. And so uh, there's so many causes right now. Every single cause, guys, uh, we should give our attention to, you know. But uh, we've picked our spot, you know, we've got to the spot. And we've been trying to help our teachers here. Look, let, let's just be honest. Our teachers are going through so much. They are underpaid, you know, underappreciated, undervalued, right? And we've been doing our part uh, on YouTube as well as visiting different schools and different school districts across the nation and really just giving them tools that they need to help our students be the best students they could be and to dominate, you know. Let's not forget, you know, we are a superpower. And in order to stay there, We've got to do our part to help America's future. So we, we, we need your help. Look, we don't ask for favors often, but we need your help. We want to show these teachers how much we value them. And so what we're asking you to do uh, is to donate. Look, so uh, on behalf of AT&T, I just want to shout out to Ron and my boy Sean, who sent phones, uh, who sent iPads and tablets uh, for our kids and other trinkets. And so we're asking you to do the same thing for us. Look, we're asking for anything, um, Chipotle cards, you know, Chick-fil-A cards, Starbucks, get them a, a latte. But we want to show our teachers how much we love them, how much we care for them, how much we value them. And while we can't be in the schools, you know, helping them every day, uh, we can show them how much we care. So do me a favor, uh, send it to uh, attention to school days. That's 11615 Hartel, Grand Ledge, Michigan, 488. Three, seven again school days I want you to make it attention to school days that's one one six one five Hartel and that's in Grand Ledge Michigan four eight eight three seven so once again let's help our teachers make our students great it's your boy ET thanks so much for your support